I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to another wonderful podcast episode of Dr. Tom and the Gold-Blooded King. I am the Gold-Blooded King, Daniel Hardy, along with Dr. Tom Thomas how are you doing today, sir? I'm all right. Just, you know, counting down the days, enjoying seeing the Warriors getting used to Chase Center, but ready for some uh, real basketball to start so Ben Simmons can uh, start making threes in games that count. Wait, he made a three? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he made a three-pointer tonight. It, it stopped the internet. Whoa, okay. I don't know what dark magic he's messing with. Uh, that's pretty scary. Christmas um, came early. Also, <laughs> as you folks may have heard, we've got some... Some new voices, but kind of some old voices. Some folks who uh, were around around the time of the finals. Uh, some folks come over from Raptors HQ. Um, it hurts. It hurts to say this, but um, welcome, champs. How y'all doing? Wow, that that has such a great sound to it, and I'm totally not used to it. Uh, how's everyone doing? Obviously, we are doing great because. This is this is new ground for us. This whole defending champs well, thing. Please introduce yourself to our audience along with how great it feels. Oh yeah, my name is uh, Jay Rosales, a co-host of, of That's a Rap uh, podcast over on Raptors HQ. And yeah, thanks for the for having us on, and thanks for the intro. Um, you know, joining me on this pod is uh, Dre. Introduce yourself, buddy. Yeah, this is Dre. Uh, thank you for having us back. And you know, I've got to be honest. Me being called a champ, I have as much to do with the title as Drake did, so I'm not going to like take that. But as as a Raptors fan, yeah, it feels great. Um, thank you for having us back. It was definitely one of the best playoff runs of the decade. It was just it was just exhilarating the whole thing, and we're just we're super glad to be back. But I think uh, we've got a really interesting discussion ahead, and I'm excited to get down to it. Well, you know, uh, since Steve Kerr took over as head coach for the Golden State Warriors, only two teams have actually eliminated um, the Golden State Warriors from the playoffs and happened to be in the finals to an Eastern Conference team. So first was the Cle- uh, the Cleveland, uh, I can barely even say it, I guess so mad when I think uh, about it. Uh, no, 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 they don't, they don't exist anymore. Yo, KD destroyed them. They, there is no franchise. They're just a gaping hole in Ohio where that franchise used to be. That is true. That is true. (laughs) As a Raptors fan, good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, But uh, from there, we go to uh, last June when the Toronto Raptors knocked us off in a thrilling, dramatic, uh, gritty, gripping uh, finals. And so what was that like, fellas, um, becoming champs? Oh, it was unreal. Uh, You know, I'm old enough to know when the last time – the city of Toronto celebrated any kind of major championship. And that was the Toronto Blue Jays in 93. And I was not even a teenager at the time. And, you know, it's obviously it was exhilarating at the time, but this is just unreal. Um, the, you know, as Dre already kind of hinted at earlier, it was, it was quite a ride, unforgettable. And, you know, everyone who listens to this pod is obviously used to that feeling, you know, having won three of the last four or the previous four. So, I mean, it's, uh, 
if you remember what that feeling was like that first year when you, you know, dismantled the Cavaliers quite easily. I mean, it was, you remember that feeling and that's exactly what we went through. And, you know, we, we celebrated and we're still celebrating. And uh, I don't know if you guys did the same after your first championship, but we're the, the feeling around the city right now is just, it's almost like we're playing with house money and whatever happens, season happens, um, you know, and we love the sound of defending champions, like just hearing defending champions from any broadcaster throughout the season is just going to put an immediate smile on any Toronto Raptors fans face. Yeah. I echo a lot of those sentiments. It, I follow a, a few NBA teams, uh, as you might remember from last time, I said Golden State was one of them uh, during the Baron Davis years, not not that long ago. And I remember when the Mavericks won, because that was like my team, like as a teenager, that was like my go-to. I loved Dirty Dirk. I loved the Steve Nash years, followed them through and through. So when they won, I was ecstatic, but it's not quite the same when a team that you love happens to represent the city that you're from and the buzz is everywhere. You see all of these hats, these shirts, people are still wearing the championship hats and shirts and it still strikes some conversation like, Hey, you know, what, what's next for us? I don't know, but we got it. We did, you know, it feels great. So I can't even imagine on your end, that's been a nonstop buzz. I don't even care about the Cleveland year for like four straight years. That must have been like something else. You probably have hats everywhere. It's like a dynasty. It's it's unreal, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you're right that like whether it's uh, that like you're talking about the time in between championships for the city of Toronto and that there's that weight or that, you know, the Warriors winning in 2015, it was this franchise that was sort of this morbid one. Uh, but what I remember, like that first run, it just there are these kind of memories and moments that that stand out in a very particular way like the like Steph had those um uh, the shot against New Orleans or the, the like three quarters shot against Memphis and there are other ones along the way but I wonder like as you now you know we look back as because we're gearing up for the next season uh mm-hmm. so we start to look back on the past season uh and the postseason because you know when you know you're a a champion like you know we've been and you are so that you know we can talk about this stuff when you look back on a championship season what 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 are those moments of the postseason that you that just you will never forget that will always stand out to you i think there's a couple that come to mind yeah there's there's quite a few and yeah but there's like a major one for sure well yeah the 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 four bound shot by Kawhi definitely stands out um (laughs) But I think, uh, you know, the the reason why I can think of numerous plays and, and moments is because, uh, again, and I can't help but ask you guys the same question, is just, do you find that you you just relive those games and those moments? Or because you've had three championships in the last four years that like, no, you know what, I'm okay, not, not need, I don't need to relive it. Like, I've already got three championships. You know what I mean? Like, for us, it's like, at least... Once every couple of days, I just go onto YouTube and I just pick a random game from the playoffs and I just rewatch the 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 ten minute highlight package because 
it just right. gives me goosebumps still. So for me, I mean, if I were to list off even just three off the top of my head, it would be the the, the buzzer beater against Philadelphia, the steal and dunk against Milwaukee in, uh, in game three, and then the final free throws by Kawhi in game seven. But I mean, that's just three. I mean, that that might not, not even be the same three that Dre picks. Like it's, there's just so many. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, let's not forget Orlando. So the as our buddy Jason on the on the podcast, uh, that's a rap called the the douchebag sweep, where we let them get one win and then we <laughs> annihilated them. So that's that memory. <laughs> I wish I came up with that. Uh, I I have to go with the shot with Philly. What else could beat that? And I say that as also a fan of the Seventy Sixers. I mean, but it was the Raptors' year, so I'm I'm. Very glad that that happened, obviously. With Milwaukee, I'm going to go with uh, the Kawhi dunks on MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, that that felt really good. And, God, with Golden State, I might have to go with the final 0.9 seconds that lasted an hour. I mean, but this is where it gets interesting because Jay brings up a good point. Uh, how, like, I'm sure everything still sticks out. For, for you guys and the Warriors, because this is like the difference between destiny and a dynasty. Destiny's like the the bull or the the Pistons championship in the mid two thousands, where it was a one and done deal. It had to happen. It felt glorious. And in dynasties like the Bulls or the Lakers that just kept going, and it's like, oh my god, this is like the engine that's never going to stop. So I mean, what I, I'm sure. Because let's face it, we're not really experiencing a dynasty team ourselves. I'm sure every single moment is precious for you guys. I mean, how is it for you guys? It's weird because the first season felt much like riding a hot streak, you know, in a game of craps where you're just like, uh, everything you're shooting is coming up what you want. And I felt like it was strange because being a Warriors fan for so long, we had seen the team string together you know, a quarter or two of just ridiculous shooting and defense. You're like, you know what? This, if this team holds us together, we're going to be unstoppable. And they never held, you know, together. But then when I, you know, Steve Kerr came in and we were able to kind of, kind of replicate the success over and over and over and over, it was like, you know, let's hurry up and win this championship before this hot streak runs out. And then um, when we won the championship, we were like, hey, you know what? Even though our team's young, uh, just to have one is enough for us. We're just grateful you know, to actually bring a title back to Oakland. Um, but then, you know, in the aftermath with the y'all got lucky and everyone you faced was injured. And, you know, Excuse me, when good. Doc Rivers said, oh, they got they got lucky, that was the only reason. Let's just make it clear. It was Doc Rivers. I mean, uh, LeBron James was quite vocal about that as well. Quite vocal. <laughs> Let's not forget that either. Like LeBron was quite clear that if he had a full squad, you know, it'd be a different story. Which, you know, to his credit, I, I think he may have proved it the next year, but... Um, I think, I think it was like once we hit the seventy-three wins, and we realized, I think for example, right? So Steph Curry, he's like ankle injury prone, and then all of a sudden he's like he's healthy. Okay, cool. And he's like killing. He was an MVP. Okay, cool. But in the back of our head is like you know where this guy's one ankle injury away from you know not being special anymore, and then he comes back and goes unanimous, and it's like oh no, you know to win this like you know twelfth game in a row, he's got to hit three straight threes in the final minute, and he does it. And it's like wait a minute. We can bomb teams out at will. I think that's when the switch hit for us. It stopped being lucky. And it was like, okay, now we're putting headshots on teams 
anyone who ever did dis- disrespected us, let's take him out. And then when you get Kevin Durant on top of that, then it was like we were acting the mafia. Like, <laughs> everyone who ever disrespected us burned their vehicles and, and, and their, their families and their houses. You know what I mean? It was crazy. So <laughs> now that Katie's gone and we lost um, Iguodala and Livingston, now we're sort of coming back to earth with that deal. It was like, wait a minute, like nothing's guaranteed. And, you know, each game is kind of precious. And um, I was at the, the open practice uh, yesterday and it was like, you know, $5 to get a chase, which will never happen again. But uh, it was, you know, a lot of the crowd, he went to Oracle, you know, who can afford the five bucks. And when they were introducing the players for practice, uh, Clay Thompson got the loudest cheer, even though he, he, he can barely walk. You know what I mean? Um, because I think we're realizing just how precious these players are and these moments don't come mm-hmm. all the time. So I think that now we're coming full circle from, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's happening to uh, murder, death, kill to, hey guys, you know, let's be grateful for what we have. So um, on the same vein of that, I, I kind of bring it back to you guys considering the fact that you had the magical run, you topple over the dynasty for the time being. And the way we lost where, you know, Katie's leg explodes, Clay's knee explodes. It was like, not only did the team lose that the series, the the devastation that's caused upon a franchise is going to be felt deep into next year. So the Warriors still haven't quite got their bearings back from, them, from that loss. But at the same time, the Raptors lose Kawhi Leonard, which mm-hmm. was like, you know, the captain of the ship. Right now, as we talked about sorry, briefly before, no one in the media is really picking the Warriors Raptors to come back to the finals and the like, they're like fringe playoff teams at best, right? How does that make you feel um, going from champion to an afterthought in the blink of an eye, according to the media? It, it's very different. It's really weird. And I think that uh, the, I think the fact that we've just won our first championship, I think that that hangover, not, not even hangover, just the feeling of that. And, you know, as, as I was just mentioning earlier, there's just even the sound of, of the word champion alongside our, our, our name and, and the sight of the, the gold patch on our jersey, things like that are going to are, are kind of helping at least my psyche um, through this. And uh, the, the, the feeling that the Raptors fans have had before this year, before the Kawhi one season era, um, was that we were always behind the eight ball, right? Like, you know, never getting a Christmas game or not getting as much coverage in the U.S. So there always was this um, underdog feeling for Raptors fans. And being thrown in as a oh maybe they'll do well in the playoffs maybe they'll let you make the playoffs and that's it they're not they're definitely not going to repeat as champions this feeling is a very very familiar feeling for Raptors fans that that we're just going to be doubted on and we're just not going to do well and um, you know we've got this bulldog mentality that we just need to fight through so um, it's it's nothing new um, but I think the fact that we can still sit on the fact that hey well at least we're, we won the championship that's that kind of eases the pain a bit but you're right it is it is weird and you know i've been thinking about this since you brought it up uh, and i really cannot think of a time like any other season in nba history where both finalists are just absolutely just disregarded the following season i can't think of one no because like think about it the team that loses will regroup you look at the cavaliers each time they lost a Golden State, it's like, right, what are we going to have to do? Who do we have to recruit? We have to beat these guys. You know, and then the Kyrie fallout happened, and it's like, how are we going to replace him? But the time that the Warriors lost to the Cavaliers, it's like, great, how are we going to regroup? Clearly, LeBron's figures figured us out. 
because I wasn't Tyron Lue, let's be honest. How are we going to do this? Like, how are we going to go about this? But this is like the first time ever that, as you as you so aptly put, the captain of the ship, Kawhi Leonard, let's be honest, it was a team effort, but our odds were severely stronger with Kawhi Leonard. He's gone, and that's never happened before. Who kind of just says, oh, hey, we won. All right, I'm going to head out, like Kawhi Leonard. So uh, because that's never happened before, both teams are immediately out of discussion now. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, because you you can think of every, like, one of the teams where it's like, oh, like, especially if it's a team that kind of gets to the finals in a fluky way and then uh, they lose, you're like, oh, man, that probably won't be back the the team that I always have won that won. Well, I guess those 11 Mavs, uh, there was kind of like, oh, they, they finally got there, but no one was expecting them to really be a contender the next season. No, but or the Pistons, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the Pistons. The, P- the Pistons were kind of scary. Uh, the 06 Heat were the other team where I was just like, they won this title, but they're going to come back to Earth pretty fast. Right. Uh, and that's kind of what ended up happening. But yeah, no, it's, I mean, it you know, it shows you, how maybe it's to Kawhi's importance, his strangeness that, yeah, he'd be like, yep, I just won a title in this city and, you know, finals MVP and all this stuff. And it's like, all right, well, cool, move it on, next thing. But, <laughs> but I mean, you there are still some nice pieces on the uh, Raptors roster. So it's not that, like, you know, Kawhi absconded with all the talent. You had a recipient of one finals MVP vote, Fred Van Vliet. And uh, Siakam, who is sort of the, you know, kind of the, was for me, was maybe the breakout star of the finals. Uh, but, you, you know, so there are still those pieces there. And obviously there's this point guard that I don't really think that highly of, but that some people tell me is all right, uh, Kyle Lowry. Uh, but just, I mean, so I guess, you know, again, maybe I'm sort of, well, you know, I was asking before about looking backwards now maybe i'm asking i kind of want you to look forward a little bit to like what do you see the you know because the raptors at least in sort of recent memory they were so like for it was lowry and derozan for all those years and then there was the the Kawhi team and so like what do you see you know this team becoming because you know they have a lot of pieces that are very young and are very are you know are unproven but also just who haven't had the the chance for one way or another and those who have like i said siakam and van fleet uh kind of really showed something but like what do you see in the future for this team what do you see going forward in terms of the immediate future i think that this is um still a strong team i mean if we look at um how the team overall performed throughout the playoffs it wasn't a one-man show yes Kawhi was the release valve at certain points. And yes, he did save the team at several points throughout the the playoff run. Um, But I I think specifically of of the finals, and I thought, you know, while Kawhi was deserving of the finals MVP, at each victory, there was someone else who stepped up. Um, Whether it was Kyle Lowry going 11-0 to start off game six, or if it was Fred Van Vliet hitting a, a couple of dagger threes near the end of that game, 
Pascal Siakam's game one. So I think that the the experience gained from from this entire playoff run is going to help the team moving forward this season. And if if I were to to make a prediction on on how this team is going to perform this year, I think that they have the capability to finish third or fourth in the East. Third. Um, yeah, I and you you can call me a homer if you like, but I. No, I, I, really I, like I want to hear your your top eight in these. My top eight. Yes. In order. In order. Yeah. Well, uh, we know who one and two have, are. <laughs> well, yeah, Philly, Philly, and and Milwaukee are like one A and one B. You can, from in my head, you can go either way with either of those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd probably give the slight edge to to Philly, but tomorrow I'll probably say Milwaukee. So it's 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 really those two are head and shoulders above everyone else in the East, and then you have this like jumble of teams next that includes the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat. The Pacers, uh, and I guess you could throw in the Nets. Uh, so, I, yeah, I y'all, that, y'all number three. You're right. You're right. <laughs> the East is really bad this year. Let's be honest. <laughs> you're right. My, yeah, my bad. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's funny funny you bring that up, though, because I, I just finished an article for Raptors HQ breaking down how do the Raptors match up against each of these teams. And I was trying, I'm, I, I got to be honest, I'm trying hard not to be a homer, I'm trying to be realistic in terms of how the team matches up. And the versatility of Siakam, um, and he's, he's he's got a lot on his shoulders this year. He's going to have to be the star. He's not going to make up for everything that, that Kawhi and Danny Green brought, but uh, you know he's he's improved steadily every year, and um, I have very high hopes on what he'll be doing this year. But in addition to that, people forget that OG Anunoby was supposed to be the rising star that came out of nowhere. That that well, not came out of nowhere, but that, that was supposed to help this team elevate it to a next level. And he had a horrible season last year, and he didn't even play in the playoffs. So having him back and looking healthy, and I'm, I'm very eager to see how he does this year. So there's a cu- couple of things that I think that will, will will help out the Raptors this year. And I think, yeah, finishing third or fourth is very attainable, um, not only because of, of their own internal growth, but uh, there's a lot to dislike about the rest of the teams in the yeah. East. Yeah, it seems like, you know, you talk about like it's kind of it's so top heavy because you have the Sixers and then the Bucks and then yeah, it's like every team you're like, well, they have some interesting pieces, but you know, whether it's I don't know, you know, like whoever else is around uh, Kyrie or that, you know, how, is Kemba really going to and can the can Kemba do this for the Boston and can uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum sort of progress and become those sort of top tier players. Uh, you know, there's that opportunity for where just because of that top heavy nature, if you're a team that has some kind of championship pedigree uh, and, you know, you have players like Siakam, like Van Fleet, like 
uh, Lowry, uh, who can kind of <laughs> hold it to hold it together, and you've got a good coach that that can get you, you know, uh, like a like a three seed if uh, you you know where um, um, when you're competing amongst teams where it's not just like oh they're a lot more talented than we are. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I I hadn't thought of it that way, but it's more uh, uh, more what's the word more plausible than I maybe thought. Well, I mean, one thing about the Raptors that we saw pretty quickly last year is when you have Gasol and Serge um, down low, there's a certain level of easy points your team just isn't going to get because they they will switch out and guard shooters and they will protect the paint and they force you in these really tough like floaters, mid-rangey type things on the move. So when you've got guys like Lowry and Van Fleet, you know, who are ball hawks, um, and Siakam, of course, you basically kind of squeeze the opponent's offense into like they have to really, really, um, you know, run uh, their offense very fluidly and be physical. And on the flip side, with Gasol, Siakam, and Ibaka, y'all get a ton of easy putbacks. You know, um, it, was, it was a loose ball, but y'all were the biggest. So you pushed out and then grabbed it and, you know, kicked out to Larry for a three. And so you're able to manufacture those second chance points, those hustle points while shutting them down for the other team. And when the Warriors were going up against you guys, it was like, in my head, I was like, okay. So basically, the way for the Warriors to win is just bomb them out from three. Like, so when, when Kevin Durant came and he was drilling three over three, I was like, oh, there we go. And then when, when Clay Thompson was having his game, his game six explosion, he was just drilling three after three. And I was like, that's pretty much the only way you can beat these guys, just a straight over-the-top assault. Mm-hmm. Because if you start playing that, like, going for twos game with them, with the size and the smarts that they have and the athleticism, it's hard to beat the Raptors going two for two. So I think that when you look at that um, compared to the rest of the East, no team that's not, you know, Philly or Milwaukee can just bang with you guys and trade two point buckets. So you just have to say, well, who can shoot threes? And quite frankly, I just don't believe in Boston. You know, I would love for Jalen Brown to make that leap, but until I see it, I won't believe it, you know, and, um, you know, Hayward and uh, Kimba Walker, good players. Um, and of course, uh, Tatum. But it's like, do I do I trust them to just you know go fifty percent from the, the the trade ball two or three times in a series against the Raptors? Absolutely not. So I can easily see you guys um getting that three spot and holding on. Now I do have a question as far as the top two teams in the East. Who are you most concerned about, Philly or Milwaukee? In terms of us beating them, or yeah. Oh, that's tough. Um, it depends because it's not which team is necessarily better because they're both fantastic. It's which team lost more in the off season. I don't know. Cause Jimmy Butler was a huge loss for, for Philadelphia. And the fact that they put all of their eggs into Tobias Harris, I mean, he's good, but like, I don't know so much about that, but then they have Al Horford, <laughs> which is like, you know, it fills. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. That, was, that, that, that was the nicest shade thrown I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, we're from Toronto. You you kind of get used to having to convert away. <laughs> You're living up to your the stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's these are teams that I care about. If you start talking about New York or Cleveland, then yeah, you'll you'll see the real show come out. But I mean, uh, no, like. The Bucks as well, like, oh, you know, they lost some key pieces, but hey, they got Robin Lopez, huh? some brotherly action, Giannis's brother's coming in, so it's like, <laughs> how much have they, like, replaced what they have lost, because both teams have lost quite a bit, they're still the best in the East, 
That's without question. But if I had to pick myself, and this isn't because I'm a Philly fan, I'm going to go Philly because I think if Brett Brown got his act together and was consistently always good, I don't know. The 76ers might be impossible to be coming out of the East. That's the way I see it. I would actually argue against that. Um, and I'm going to go I'm going to go Bucks uh. as the harder one uh, only because uh, as much as I love I, I I also like the way that Philly has structured their roster. I my biggest concern for them is where is their scoring coming from? Um, Jimmy Butler was uh, there, you know, we talked earlier about how Kawhi Leonard was the release valve for the Raptors a lot of times. Jimmy Butler was that for the yeah. Sixers, and I have no idea who's going to be uh, taking shots in the clutch for them now. Um, ben Simmons, he just shot a three today. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. We have confirmation. He can do it. <laughs> He's clearly figured it out. There's no need to worry. That's good. That's good. You know what? I stand corrected. But in, in, in addition to that, I think, you know, what, what's, what's kind of got lost in the, the whole Butler deal is that J.J. Reddick's also gone. And his ability to space the floor and provide that, even just the threat of the three-point shot, and having both of those guys replaced by... Al Horford and Josh Richardson. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how like they could be a top five defense, probably the number one defense by the end of the season, but I have no idea where the scoring is coming from. Uh, as for the Bucks, they also, I think, got worse, uh, but not as they, their drop wasn't as uh, as pronounced, I guess, as, as in my mind, as Phillies was Milwaukee. Right. You know, if we remember the Eastern Conference Finals, Malcolm Brogdon was and I think was like the second best player in that series. I mean, Middleton had his, his oh, he was a problem. Brogdon was a beast and we didn't have an answer for him. And now he's no longer there. Uh, they lost Miritich. They lost Tony Snell, who's a Raptor killer. He's no longer there. Uh, Thon Maker's gone. So like a lot of guys that really helped them get to where they were at last year uh, are no longer there. And now they've brought in, I get it. Kyle Korver is perfect for that team. Robin Lopez alongside his brother is great. Wes Matthews will have his moments, but I think he's generally a minus. I don't know. I, I think Milwaukee uh, got slightly worse, but not as, as you know, big a drop off as the Sixers. So I'd, I'd fear more for the Bucks. You might be right. So basically they just have Giannis and a bunch of shooters. Uh Oh yeah. But that was last year too. <laughs> I'm saying like it's not going to work because at some point you're going to need someone other than Giannis to get a tough bucket, or Giannis has to hit a three. And then on the defensive end, we saw you know that those shooters sometimes can get uh, left on the island and cook for breakfast. Um, Dr. Tom, um, question for you because we, we've heard from the um, the rappers' point of view for sure, and I think what we heard was very accurate. Um, how do you feel about uh, that rematch we're going to have with them before Clay comes back? We got Warriors or Raptors. Where uh, where is it? Is it in Toronto or is it uh, in the comf- cozy confines of the Chase Center? Cozy confines. Uh, let's see. It is. Well, that's all. Okay, I typed in Warriors versus Raptors, and they showed me the finals results from last year. Yeah. Burned my eyes. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. see. You don't want to see that. Just forget about it. Forget about it. What happened? I just blacked out for that period. You lost. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. You're gonna so get like, like an like a blocker application on your browser where it's like, never show me this again. <laughs> I hate this from all history. Trust me, we got used to that. That me why I hate Alfonso McKinney. Um, okay. Um, is, uh, March 5th? March 6th. Uh, in, in San Francisco, March 5th, Thursday, March 5th, and then 11 days later in Toronto. That's a while from now. Yeah. 
We gotta wait till yeah. March. Damn. Well, that first it might be back. I mean, that Chase Center crowd is gonna be rocking and raucous, and so I think oh, that's no. gonna lift up the. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna lift up the war. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd probably lean towards that because I think if you look at even without Clay uh, in the lineup, if you look at you know who the Raptors have lost, and I'm not just thinking about Kawhi, but also Danny, Danny Green, who yeah. I, I and I th- I think that maybe uh, Steph can get cooking a little bit more. I mean, I don't know if they're going to trot out the box in one again. It'll be a little tough, it'll be a little tougher with uh, D'Angelo out there, but. Um, I, I just think that maybe Steph can get going a little bit more and, you know, they can't play a, a high school defense on him. And so, you know, <laughs> the Warriors can get a win, but and the high school defense worked. <laughs> I, I, but I don't, I don't remember that. Like I remember winning game four in Portland and then there's just like, just like uh, white space until uh, summer league started. Isn't it also possible that Clay is back by then? I mean, he did say he's out till All Star break, but that those two games happen after the All Star break, right? Yeah, oh. true. So it's possible. Wow. Yeah, this, uh, you know, I, this is I'm looking a little dicey. <laughs> no, I hear you. I wouldn't rush him back I mean, either. Did you did you you see him? He's out there. He's on the beach. He's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. He'll be fine. That, he's, he's basically Wolverine. He is basically Wolverine. He will be fine. Um. So when uh, you see the Clippers come to town to Toronto, how are you going to feel about that? Uh, it's weird because when the trade happened and. Not to sound like a baby, but it happened literally on my birthday. Thanks, Kawhi. Um, when, <laughs> that's what I woke up to. I was like, "What's up? Why is my phone going off? Oh, birthday messages. Duh. Oh shit, Kawhi's gone. No, nope, it's not my birthday. <laughs> but um, what, that sounds terrible. <laughs> no, it was fine. When it happened, I was like, "Hey, I'm fine with this." I was a big fan of his as a spur, and I was so ecstatic when he was coming because, again, I'm a he's I'm a big fan of his. He's one of my all time favorite players. He's textbook. I love that kind of a player. And when he left, it's like, oh well, okay. We assumed it was going to happen. At least it wasn't the Lakers. If there was like a super team left in the league, that would have been it. But for once, there's parity. Every team is like an even playing field. People like to say that the Lakers are going to run away with it, but this is a hot take. I still stand by. Seeing the injury history, I don't know. Maybe they won't even make it that far. My super hot take is if everybody gets if everybody gets injured, if everybody gets injured and LeBron or Anthony Davis single handedly, together it's fine, single handedly has to carry the team, they might not even make the playoffs. But I digress. Uh the Clippers, yeah, he went to the Clippers, so I said, you know what, that's fine. It's not a super team. Seeing him in the jerseys though, and they're not photoshopped. That's when it started to hurt a little bit. That's when it was like, mm. okay, yeah, now I get it. Now, like, the Clippers are forcing him to take part in, like, these promo ads that he's clearly uncomfortable doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's a little weird now. So when he actually comes back to town, I don't know. I'm going to be following the Clippers heavily, but that game's going to – it's going to be weird. Jay, what do you think? I, I'm going to applaud. I'm going to applaud. If, like, I, this is – me hypothetically in the arena i'm not gonna be in the arena but i would you know if i was in the arena uh i would applaud him because you know we don't get that championship without it right so 
Um, he did all he could for the one year he was here. He, you know, no, no ill feelings over right. here, right? Other than possibly ruining Dre's birthday. <laughs> other than that, like, it was, uh, you know, he did what he came to do. If he left, yeah, and, you know, Dre hit it on the head. If he left for the Lakers for some reason, that would hurt. I mean, that would actually piss me off. But the fact that he left for the Clippers, ah, that's okay. I can yeah. live with that. And the fact that he left but still got us a championship, hey, he's uh, he's fine in my books. I'm wondering if you'd be a little salty if he left to join the Lakers because that means LeBron beat Toronto one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that's 100%. <laughs> well, yes or no. Yes, a, a little bit. But at the same time, it's LeBron against the league again, which, you know, like the fact that we're not hearing that is great. He's a great player, but like I, I got a sick of that story for the twelfth time in one decade, you know. So, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles; we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, I think it's fascinating because, uh, you know, with, with Kevin Durant gone, um, hopefully he makes it a speedy recovery um, because we, the world needs to be blessed with Kevin Durant playing basketball. Why are we talking about him? He doesn't play for the Warriors anymore. Well, because Kawhi doesn't play for the Raptors, we we're, we're bringing up small fours who went, went to new cities. Okay, um, sorry, I'm and, just channeling uh, Warriors Twitter's comments. Sorry, <laughs> well, that's why I wanted to bring it up because we know that Kevin Durant may. You know, I, I'm I'm a thousand percent sure he'll be applauded when he comes back for sure. But I hope so. underneath that applause will be this weird kind of like condescending. We hope you find happiness kind of feeling there, <laughs> and I think that's what like Brooklyn. He's so strange. <laughs> Well, yeah, because like Ka- Kawhi is the guy who like doesn't talk, right? He he, he doesn't talk. You, you don't see him on social media, and yeah. he just like I literally just hoop. That that's it. Kevin Durant can't stop telling everyone that he just wants to hoop and not talk, but he won't shut up. And it's like the weirdest thing because like Kawhi is kind of like who Katie thinks he is sometimes. Like no, I'm just a, a solid quiet killer. <laughs> it's like no, Kawhi is actually that. So I think what happens is, you know, Katie's a, a human guy with his own personality, but I think sometimes the projection that the fans get from him is like, oh, he just wants to be the silent assassin. Wait, he's on Twitter at 4 a.m. arguing 15-year-olds. That's weird. Wait a minute. Okay, it's like, who is this guy? We never quite got a handle on who he was besides finals MVP, which quite frankly, at the end of the day, is the only thing that matters. I think it may be easier for y'all to deal with Kawhi because – the man came in and was like, uh, yeah, I'm here to ball. And then, like, left. He was like, thank you. And that was it. Like, you, you never really got to be like, well, Kawhi said this. Or remember that time Kawhi is like, no, actually, Kawhi didn't say anything. He just laughed one time, and that was it. So yep. um, I think it may be easier to get over in um, an ex-relationship when they never talked to you when they were there. And the fact that he's, he's out for the year, the fact that he's out for the year, means he's going to be spending even more time on social media. So More burner accounts. He's just going to. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Tom about to lose it. Dr. Yeah, Tom, yeah. the biggest Kevin Durant fan in the world, is about to go off right now. <laughs> hey, I, I I love that. He's I think he's great on uh, social media because he's just like, yeah, like I'm a person, and I think 
uh, not to turn this into, you know, philosophy hour or something, but uh, when you talk about like, well, he says he just wants to hoop and that, but then he's on, you know, Twitter or Instagram or whatever. I think two things. It's like one, I think that's more in terms of like what he wants to talk about and what he basically, he doesn't want people being like, ah, you stood this far away from the Warriors bench. So does that mean you're leaving for the, all the way to the East coast or are you going to a team in the Midwest uh, and stuff like that? <laughs> but also uh, I think it's the, the kind of just the contradiction nature of being a human whereas you know not to belabor the Kawhi's Kawhi is a robot meme but like Kawhi <laughs> might be a robot and that's the thing like like Katie but it's like these these tensions in there and so I I, I don't know Kawhi might be a robot <laughs> no no he, he really might be he, he is a robot we know that but I think what's most important with KD is he could do whatever he wants on social media the fact that he was so zeroed in on the court, that's what makes him special. Yes. If it's the other way yes. around, which we've seen with a lot of players, where they just fall apart. Like who? Michael B. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what I have to say is I, in that see, I wrote a season – because, of course, I did. I wrote a season review of Durant, and I talked about that kind of being this impressive thing that – and especially when you kind of, and this is somewhat ironic, compared it to Kyrie, where like you saw the stuff and you kind of saw the dip in his play. You saw it in the playoffs. Exactly. Whereas Durant, like, like you, he did, like it was all put on him, but like everything that you could actually measure and evaluate him on, he did it perfectly. And so, you know, you can, I guess you could complain, but it's like, who cares? Like he's doing everything he, to do to help this team win. And so I don't know. It's that, you know, this is, it's been ex- kind of, ex- you know, it's exciting getting ready for the season and kind of looking forward to it, but it really, uh, and it's the sound sort of like what you were saying about, you know, what it feels like to be a champion and being like, well, I did about as much as Drake. So in other words, I did nothing, but you know, it's like, you go after that the season and the kind of the not that you know the way it ended and all sort of stuff that there's this like exhaustion and like it was like in this it was just like oh I like I've just checked out and like there's this this you know the uh, the passion isn't there just because it's like I'm sick of hearing this and I'm hearing all of these different takes repeated over and over uh, and you've gotten away from like the game on the court, which is the fun part. That's what we care about. We do, you know, there are plenty of dramas you can watch on Netflix or at the movies or whatever, but like, I want to see these players at play. That's what, and that's what I want to hear being talked about. So it was like exhaustion, but now it's like, okay, maybe hopefully we can all get back to basketball basically, but we probably won't. And it'll be the same thing in a different key and, on no, on. It won't. no, no, no. It'll be definitely different because if you remember the team pre-KD, it wasn't like this. The, the worst we had was, oh, I think Draymond cursed out the coach. Like, that was the worst <laughs> drama we had. No, I, I think Draymond punched LeBron yeah. in the dick. Like, that, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that, like, What's definitely well, play as maintenance I, as we're going to get. <laughs> I, I, and I, I wasn't even ta- actually there in that case. I wasn't even talking about the Warriors like the Warriors specifically, I was sort of talking about the NBA as a whole and just how we talk about it because all of this, like, oh, you know, the 
the just this like that it's Game of Thrones or it's House of Cards or it's whatever. And I'm just like, I can't just be basketball. Can when I just was play? ever basketball? Do you remember Kobe and Shaq? What are you talking about? Back in my, I, I you know, I don't remember Michael Jordan. Blah blah blah. I don't know. But the man who was gambling the night before the game and coming hey, up bleary eyed dropping fifty. <laughs> I, I hey hey he he did that and I hauled my ass to those summer league games uh, when I was hungover and had lost most of my money at the blackjack table. So like I feel like kinship with him about that. I feel like the the, the, the drama of the sport. I mean, because think about it, in football you can't see the players' faces. In baseball, it's dry as hell. Basketball is like real time. It's like a combination of like ballerina um, gymnastics and rap battle intensity all the time at the same time. And I think that's why it's so dope. Like guys like Drake get involved with it because they can kind of relate to the idea of it's like, I want to embarrass you. I don't want to get embarrassed. But I want to do it with style and grace, real time, on the fly, with my own way. And I think that's what that's what drives the, um, the billion dollar industry that it is. The fact that we, we can come up here and spend 15 minutes psychoanalyzing guys. We have no idea who they are, but we have enough loose data points that we come up with like decently coherent arguments depending on how much tendency we have. And, you know, that, that's what makes the, the game so awesome to me. And that's that's what happened when, you know, between when we won the championship and when Kawhi made his decision. Everyone became a detective <laughs> based solely off of loose, like you said, loose data points. It was like, okay, well, Kawhi was seen at a Blue Jay game. Obviously, he's staying. Kawhi was Home seen in Depot, Niagara. Who would Obviously, go there? He's staying. Like it's, we all were piecing. I, I was guilty of this more than anyone else. I was guilty of this. I was piecing together every single piece of information to to, to say, hey, he's staying, and here's why. And so, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, we don't know these players, but at the same time, we feel like we do because we have all of these different pieces of evidence that say that they are a specific narrative right. that we've built up in, mm-hmm. our, in, in our Yeah, own and it's here. tough because I, I feel like I could be wrong. More than a lot of sports, basketball is very vocal. Like You, you could literally hear Kevin Garnett shit-talking guys on the court in some of the games. Like He's just like <laughs> screaming his head off, saying stuff that I probably can't say here. Like you, you have that. You have Russell Westbrook interacting with people who are who are yelling at him and the crowds. Like it's it's just all right there. There's no barricade like a hockey rink. There's no distance like a baseball diamond. There's no, as you said, helmets and talking to each other with headsets and shit like like a football gridiron. Like this is you you hear them yelling, interacting with fans. Kyle Lowry is a rocket. Dips it to the crowd. He t- takes somebody's French fry. Gets back onto the court. I'll never forget that. Uh, or LeBron James. He's been getting a lot of French fries. I can tell. <laughs> uh, LeBron James doing that with nachos. The amount of times he's done that. Like it's such an interactive experience. And I remember, like it, you know, like if you go to a game, you can flat out hear people yelling stuff. And a lot of the times, the players flat out react. Like it, it's it's gotten weird to the point where a lot of viewers i think especially if they're there in person almost have like a an entitlement like they're there in the open i put money on this game i deserve to talk to these people like you know them one-on-one but you're right we don't know anything about these people (laughs) we really don't and as hilarious as it is to hear kevin garnett saying some really really whack stuff i don't know him as a person i would love to think that i i do because he's one of my favorite players and i idolized him growing up playing ball and you would hear all the stuff. And it's like, oh, that's what he's like. This is what it's like when he's angry. This is what it's like when he's hype. 
we don't know anything. And it doesn't matter how little of a barricade there is. We don't know these people at the end of the day. Right, right, right. I think that that proximity factor, it makes you feel like you know them because you, you see them so close and you observe them so close for so many games, so many years. And you, you see them through so many emotions that you kind of get the idea that I I think I know you. And, you know, sometimes we guess right. You know what I mean? Sometimes we're a little psychic. But most times we're completely wrong. And, um, you know, we're not actually being uh, docked for it or it doesn't, doesn't count against us. So I guess we have carte blanche to just keep being wrong all the time. <laughs> I figure it's fair. Um, but uh, I'll give you guys one more opportunity to be wrong tonight. Yep. Um, can you right now give me your predictions for MVP of the league? And you're way too early. Who's going to be the champion prediction? So MVP and Ooh. champ for 2020. We got. Um, I guess Dre, you want to take this one first? Or you want me to go first? God. If you say Kyle Lowry, I'm, I'm cutting the feed and burn this. Podcast. No, I, I I love the bulldog, but let's be real. Okay. Uh, oh. Bulldog, <laughs> get out of here. He's got heart. No matter how you feel about his stats, the guy's got heart. Okay. Um. <laughs> Oh, God. MVP, though? Oh, he's biting his lip. MVP, oh, though? This man oh. became a champion, and all he has heart all of a sudden. Get out of here. I'm sorry. I can't. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. He's a champion. I apologize. Fred Van Vliet is a bulldog. Kyle Lowry is a dog that barks really loud in the first quarter and then goes and hides in his doghouse for the rest of it. Wow. <laughs> only because... He just limits other That's finals. only because Van Vliet comes out and does the dirty work for him, as he said in his uh, after-game interview. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that when it's like uh, he was being interviewed by Kyle Lowry and it's like, well, Kyle Lowry, let me tell you what it feels like to be a champion. I kept having to clean up after this guy named Kyle. So, uh, wow. Anyways, yes. God, this is tough because if I say the MVP might be the Clippers Kawhi, who knows what the the finals are going to be like if he's even going to make it. Because let's be honest, a lot of the time when the MVP gets picked, it's not the finalists. Giannis didn't make it to the finals. Um, Derek Rose back in the day, same deal. Uh, I like it so tough. Well, you ain't going to go that far back. You, you can say James Harden and Russell Westbrook. It's okay. <laughs> hey, it's going to be neither of them. get to the first round. It's going to be neither of them because they're both going to be competing. Did you see the, pre, the preseason game where like – Already, Russell Westbrook was like underneath the net, dishing it out. It's like, stop getting assists. Just dunk the damn thing. Like, oh. Hey, did you see James Harden hit a one-legged, or didn't hit a one-legged three-point shot? But, man, it was really cool, said no one ever. <laughs> so I'm not going with either of the usual suspects. God, MVP, though? Um, I got to think, Jay, do you have an answer yet or no? Uh, it's, it's someone in L.A. Uh, it's going to be either... Davis or Curry, one of those two. Um, and if if I had Ooh. to pick one of them, I'm going to go with Curry, not because I'm on a Golden State of mine pod. It's because, I mean, we've heard out of LeBron that, you know, this is Davis's team and I want to elevate him and I want to make sure he makes, he gets defensive player of the year or whatever. He's, at, at the end of the day, LeBron's going to kick in and 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 take over the reins whenever Anthony Davis fails. So it, it it's at, at the very whenever he fails, you have like uh-huh. inevitability. Uh-huh. Dwight Howard two point can't yeah, wait. It's, 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 at the very least, they're going to split votes there. So neither of them are going to going to get it. And 
Curry has a lot to carry. Like in my head, there were always three. It was going to be someone from the Lakers. Um, it wasn't going to be the Clippers because of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard kind of splitting the vote. And I, and I use the same mm-hmm. methodology with the Lakers, right? So really it was going to boil down to Giannis or, or Curry. And if the, the thing is with the Bucks, their expectation is they have to finish first in the East. Whereas the Warriors, if they just even finish in the top four, with the way the team is currently constructed, Curry's going to get the MVP. That's it. Yeah. That's actually a fair point. Um, God, if I had to pick, though, I feel like um, if it's anything like last year with how Paul George kind of usurped the leadership position from Russell Westbrook and OKC, I don't know. Maybe if he takes a similar position, you know, post-injury struggles and all of that, I mean – if they don't split the votes, it could be either of those two guys. But in terms of actually winning the championship, though, God, I mean, shh. at this point, it's like, okay, it's it's going to be either the Bucks and the Sixers in the finals. In the West, God knows. I mean, if I had to guess, because you you have like a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the West. Um, I'll I will pick. The 76ers, only, not because it's going to be accurate, only because I have a bad feeling the Lakers are going to make it into the finals and I don't want them to win. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the, I'm going to say the East is going to take it. Um, but who knows, maybe my hot take will actually be right, which I think has like a 5% chance of working, but it might. They might all just get so injury prone. They have no bench. They might not make the playoffs. Who knows? So... Uh, let's go 76ers because I like them, but it's probably wrong. But I, I want the process to finally be finished. So, <laughs> End it. End it now. Uh, Dr. Tom, uh, where are you going with this? Uh, well, I think I've, I've said a couple times that I do – I you know, I've been kind of leaning to Curry uh, to win the MVP this year for all the reasons that um, were brought up. Uh, I'm, but I'm trying to think if I can throw someone out there that I might think too, who uh, could could do it just for the sake of something interesting, uh, some variety. Um, I I am pretty high uh, on the Sixers. I think they very well, you know, could win the title. They're sort of the team that I, I if I had to, you know, put money down on someone, I'd probably put it on them. So maybe it. I mean. The, there, there is this great irony that I'm going to say this on the night that Ben Simmons finally makes a three point shot uh, in a game, but maybe Ben Simmons just puts together some sort of ridiculous season and he can be the offense for the Sixers that wins the first seed and just rolls to the finals. And in that case, that's your MVP. I, I guess that'd be a hell of a story and it'd be somebody new and it'd be something a little different. So I'll, I'll say for the sake of variety, toss out uh, Ben Simmons's name. Uh, but I do think that, but uh, I go with Curry, but I do think the Sixers, if you had to ask me who's going to win the title, that's probably the team I'm going to pick right now. But don't forget, he's not just going to be MVP. He's also going to be rookie of the year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, well, um, you gentlemen have all made excellent arguments. Um, a lot of Philly love in here. Um, I do I echo uh, the earlier point that 
there's a lot of parity, a lot of, um, you know, splitting up of responsibilities. Most of the good teams have, you know, duos. So I, I, I it's hard for me to see, um, as you said before, AD winning the MVP with LeBron there. Obviously, Harden and Westbrook cancel each other out. Um, I think same thing with the Clippers. Um, and in Philly, there's so many pieces that work together. You know, it, it'd be it would hard, it'd be hard for me to see like, oh, Ben Simmons gets the MVP. It was like, well, what, what was Embiid doing? Not getting 25 and 12 every night. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to go a little outside the box here. As I think Tom just, re- uh, just referenced with kind of a dark horse here. I'm um, either it's going to be Giannis just because he has the biggest workload and he's the biggest, most athletic guy running around right now, um, which means to me, he's always going to have the ball in his hands in the post, outside the post, and he'll be playing defense like a madman. And he has no one else to defer to. So his numbers are probably going to be gargantuan. However, I think people may have got a little, you know, Giannis fatigue after seeing him flame out in the in the playoffs like that. They may be like, well, maybe he's not as good as we thought. I don't know. Maybe come too early. I'm going to go outside the box here. It's not because he has a super hot rat beef right now with Shaq. I'm going with Damian Lillard. Dame Dollar. Dame Dollar. It's game time. He's going to, okay, like, you know, TJ McCollum and he are a, a, a pretty good tag team, but no one's saying, like, oh, you know, besides me, I kind of love CJ. No one's saying CJ MVP, MVP candidate. So if CJ averages 20, no one will care. If Dame can put up another season where he's averaging 27 points, 26 points, and he's, you know, hitting those big shots, people in their mind are going to have a narrative from him last year booting the OKC Thunder out of contention forever. Yeah. They're, they're going to remember that. Yeah. So when he gets hot this year and puts a couple games together, I guarantee the national conversation is going to shift. Hey, we've been sleeping on Daniel this whole time, et cetera, et cetera. Now, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs, obviously. But as far as their regular season award, I think the Portland Trailblazers have proven time and time again they are built for the regular season, and Dame Lillard is a killer. So my out-of-the-box MVP pick is Damian Lillard. Nice However, he will not be anywhere near the finals, as Shaq told him in his battle rap. Now, think about it. For the rest of Dame's career, every time he loses, people are going to play the Shaq disc. Like, Shaq has put a hex and a curse on his career – and I feel bad because Dame's from Oakland, but at the same time, hey, Shaq has some pretty good bars, so I, I can't hate. Um, yeah. As far as my um, title choice, um, it's obvious, the Golden State Warriors, right? Um, <laughs> now you're probably saying, hey, you're a homer. You were just at, there at, at Hooptopia. I know. I'm brainwashed drinking the Kool-Aid. However, Clay Thompson comes back, right? Fresh. Fresh legs. Everyone else, Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron, AD, injury-prone guys, worn down. You're going to have Clay Thompson just for two months? Two months of fresh Clay Thompson? Hungry? Oh, my goodness. Like, it could be pretty terrifying. And as we've seen, um, no one, and I mean no one besides uh, 3-1 LeBron, has proven that they can beat Steph, Clay, and Dre over the past five years. It hasn't happened, folks. Look it up. If Clay, Steph, and Dre are healthy, they don't lose unless it's a miracle 3-1 deal. Now, you might be saying, I don't know, maybe it's a fluke. But then again, ask the Houston Rockets. Last year, who had the, the, the talent <laughs> and, the, and the computers and the flopping and still somehow lost the game six at home to Steph, Clay, and Dre. There's something about that combination. Uh, to, to, to be fair, the Houston Rockets uh, also had Chris Paul, and he only has one hamstring. So it was, a, it was tough. <laughs> Chris Paul's never going to see a playoffs again. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
That's a shame. Yeah. So um, that that I would be my uh, pick for the championship of the Warriors, and I hope I was able to explain it well enough to you know disguise my homerism. Um, but now we're you know we're closing in on an hour long podcast. I swore it'd be half an hour, so um, my apologies. We had so much fun. I want to thank uh, our guests Jay and Dre for coming through. Um, do you have any parting words uh, for Dev Nation guys? Oh, uh, thanks again for having us on. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I just, let's just get the season started already. Cause, uh, I, I just want to see some, some real basketball already. I want to see how, how all of our teams do, because uh, I'm sick of watching. I'm not, actually, I'm not, I'm lying. I'm not sick of watching these YouTube videos. I'll still watch them. I'm going to watch one right after this pod, but, uh, yeah, I just want to get this season started already. Yeah. Uh, first off, thank you for inviting us back. Uh, we, we love it here and I sincerely do love the Golden State Warriors, and I can't wait to see what their own season's going to look like. We have, we haven't even talked about D'Angelo Russell once, but I'm excited to see what he's going to do over there. I I want to see how this pans out. It's a very different team, but I do believe in Steph and and in Clay, Draymond as well, who I think gets a bad rap because of his his shit talking or his uh, not punching. But I think sincerely, he's a fantastic player. <laughs> I, I I think sincerely, he is a fantastic player, and I probably like. Un, like underrated the biggest threat on the team because when he's on there like the plus minus when he's on there is is insane and I don't know I think it's going to be a very exciting season we both have a pretty different lineup both of our teams but we also have something to prove that we can we can dish it out in a season where every team is generally spread well across the board and we don't have it's it's anybody's game. It's not going to be set in stone. We both have a lot of stuff to prove, and I think with the heart that both of our teams have and the great fan bases, it's going to be great. Wow. Kind words from the champions. And Dr. Tom, can you close us out with some um, advice? Being that you are a uh, multiple-time champion fan, can you give these new champion fans uh, some advice on how to hold the title and the crown for the next nine months or so? Uh, let's see, uh, buy as much champions merch as you can because you'll always want it. (laughs) You know what? You still need more. (laughs) And, and I, and I'd like to say you're welcome to the, uh, economy of uh, Toronto uh, and of Canada for encouraging people to uh, spend that, spend their hard earned, uh, you, you guys are the dollar, right? Dollars. The Canadian dollar. The Canadian dollars. Yeah. Spend those hard-earned Canadian dollars buying some uh, good uh, Toronto Raptors uh, championship swag because you've earned it. You never, you not to not to get to, not to get too bleak, but you never know when something like that will come again. So enjoy <laughs> it while it lasts. Like I said, it's whoa, Doctor Tom with the threats. Like I said, it's <laughs> Dynasty versus Destiny. This was Destiny. Who the hell knows? It's going to be a while, but. We're we're in it for the long run, right? So, yes. Well, uh, former champion to current champion, and we're both conference champions. Uh, hopefully, we can get a Warriors Raptors uh, part two. You know, we dubs we like doing these finals things in series, so we might see y'all again anyway. Um, <laughs> I want to thank all the listeners for checking us out, uh, folks. Jay and Dre from uh, Raptors HQ, and of course, Doctor Tom. As always, I am the Gold Blooded King, Daniel Hardy, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Have a good night.